Welcome to the very first episode of the Sunday Mirror's invite-only showbiz podcast with me, Laura Armstrong and Nicola Fahey. Every Sunday, we will be giving you the inside scoop on the showbiz stories the world is talking about and taking you behind the scenes for our biggest interviews. For our first show, we have steered into Strictly Fever, bringing you an in-depth interview with the one and only Anton Dubeck. Fresh from the Strictly Ballroom, Anton told us what he really thought about the show's latest intake, why he would hate the judging lineup to change, and the trait all of his former celeb partners shared that really drove him round the twist. Enjoy! Hello. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I must say, you look very, very elegant. Oh, thank you. As do you. In your black dress and the, the heel and everything. Fantastic. Oh, well, you know, I thought... We can carry this on into the day. evening and go for we dinner can. somewhere nice. We can. It's the dream. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us for the very first uh, episode of our invite-only podcast. Thank you for having me. I mean, yeah. that's lovely. The first, first? invite-only yeah, well, well, you see, very, very swanky. special occasion. Very swanky. I need a sort of a, an embossed invitation. Oh, did we not send you an embossed invitation? I, 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 I'm sure it's in the post. Yeah, maybe, it, yeah, just the delays. It'll be any day now, <laughs> any day. You're all right. So how are you? Very, very well. Uh, this is such a wonderful time of the year. I love autumn anyway, because I love the wardrobe of mm. autumn. I love a knit. And um, <laughs> so I love that part of the year for the clothes, but also Strictly starting, which is the most exciting thing in the world. And... Um, and we're moving into another series, which is we've had the launch show. I don't know when you, this is going to go out, so um, but uh, let's talk about it as though it's going to go out tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, we've had the launch show. We're going to be doing the first show this weekend. And, uh, and it's just, again, Bake Off's about to start as well, which is my <laughs> other favourite thing. And it's just a wonderful time of the year. You did look very, very happy to be back on, on the launch show. Oh, it was great. It was just love. Please welcome the judges. And Anton do out, I can't wait. And then we go, yes, we're back. Here we go again. And then let's see the stars of the show. And they come down the stairs. And yeah, brilliant. I just, it is a, um, it's a wonderful thing. And there's a great energy in the room as well. And you, I know, you know, is this going to be the best series ever? Who knows? Is it, is it already an exciting series? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the great thing about the launch show. You, you know, you see the names printed and re, not printed, released uh, over the weeks before the launch show. And you go, oh, I know them or I don't know them. Oh, I, oh, I like the look of him. I don't, I don't know about her. And I, I like her, him. And, and so we all do that already. We weigh them all up. Mm. And then... And then we get the launch show and we sort of immediately fall in love with all of them. And it's brilliant. <laughs> it's actually the same as Bake Off. So we just, it's just great. Mm. And I'm, I'm really excited. There's a great energy in the room. There, there, there's huge levels of enthusiasm. The partnerships are great. I just, that classic situation where you look at the partnerships and you can't imagine them already dancing with anybody else. Mm. I can't imagine... You know, Angela Rippin dancing with anybody apart from Kai or Amanda dancing with anybody apart from Giovanni and Bobby's got Diane and it's the perfect comp. So already they just seem like perfect partnerships. And that's 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 brilliant as well. So who caught your eye from the first group dance? Who did you think? Oh, well, none of them really. I, I didn't. I thought they were. It was all a bit sort of, you know. I was quite pleased they came down the stairs unaided. Once they did, <laughs> once they did that, I was delighted. I thought we could get on with. 
<laughs> no nasty incidents. Uh, and then we'll take it from there, really. It's funny because you don't get to see much with the with the first group dance. And also, as a judge, I'm on the side. Yeah. So it would be – I watched it at home as well. We had a Strictly night when the launch show was aired. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I saw the group dance from the front. Right. Because I watched it from where the cameras were. Of course. As opposed to from the side. And it's very, it, was diff, it was different. Because when I watched it from the side, I did think, oh, heavens above. That doesn't look very good. And then I saw it from the front. I went, oh, actually, they didn't look too bad. So I think angle has a lot to do with it mm. as well. And That's very diplomatic. Angle is very important. You've got to be careful of your angle. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be an exciting, exciting bunch. And do you and the other judges kind of have a kind of debrief afterwards and have a chat about it and no. say, did you see this and no, did you see we that? No, actually we didn't. We didn't at all. Once the launch show, I mean, because the launch show is a pre-record, as we know, because it's a long process, it would be the worst television ever if we had to sit through the whole of the pre-record because it takes for eight forever mm. because it's quite technical. Mm. You know, we've got to get this bit there, we've got to do that bit up there. And that's, that, so a lot of it's, sort of unwatchable telly. It's very um, long when you're in the audience yeah, for, the, for the launch. But then when they, they get rid of all those all those sorts of the sort of telly bits and they just put together the show, it's amazing. It mm. just comes together wonderfully. So um, you know, we were there a long time. So once the show was over, we finished a pre-record, we we all sort of slipped off. Um but it I'm looking forward to Saturday and the first show and seeing everybody's first dance because they they've all had sort of a couple of weeks on the first dance from the moment they met to the moment we go live. Hmm. Uh, but that's the longest time they'll have on any of the dances. But also within that fortnight, there is all the the, the sort of promotional stuff to do. So you've got all the radio, you know, the, the yeah. Radio Times cover and all yeah. that sort of thing. So you've got all the green screen stuff that we mm. do, which is the idents, you know, the mm. opening of the show, the title sequence. All that stuff's got to be filmed and recorded and stuff. So that takes a few days. So really, you don't get two weeks. You get maybe about ten days, and then you're in. And and that go. And that's ten days from you start from zero to live show. It's a but lot, isn't it? That's the longest you're going to get on any number. Mm. And then after that, you you know you do the live show. You you get through all being well. And then you start with a new dance and next Saturday you do the second mm. live show and mm. then someone goes home and, and mm. so it repeats. So you get, And then when the show starts, you know, once we get going, you get about four days because the Friday is a studio day. It's rehearsals, isn't it? Well, it's, it's rehearsals, but in as much as that it's technical rehearsals. So it's not studio rehearsals as in rehearsal studio. Mm-hmm. It's strictly ballroom rehearsal. So it's the, mm. it's the floor. You're yeah. on the floor, on set, yeah. on set rehearsals. So it's camera blocking. So you can't just go over it and over and over it. You just have to run it a few times for cameras with props. It's the first time you get your props as well. You still haven't had your costume yet. So it's the first time you get your props uh, and you do it on the floor Hmm. in front of cameras. So if the props don't work the way you think they should work or wanted them to work, uh, I had a situation once years ago where I was dancing with Julie Murray and we had this sort of jail cell cage sort of affair. Oh, I remember um, that actually. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, I can't remember what dance it was, Paso Doble, I think. The, the idea was that I think she was, I can't remember now, I think she was in it. and Or, or no, the, the, we, were, we went towards it and she threw me in it at the end, essentially. But the door opened. So we'd been rehearsing all week that the door opened one way 
Oh, no. It turns out the door the opened the other way and it couldn't be changed. Now, this sounds like a, a nonsense thing, but what it did is it put us on the wrong part of the floor. Mm. So choreographically, our choreography took us more into the audience. Mm. And it was a it was an absolute disaster to coin a phrase from my learned friend. Mm. Um so those sorts of things you don't know about until you turn up on the Friday. Mm. So that, that doesn't happen very often, but occasionally it might happen and you've got a big problem on your hands. You've got to try and sort it out. So we had to change choreography. You can't change choreography on a Friday. So that's a, a nightmare. So there was we had to jiggery-pokery. I wanted to move it over to the other side of the studio and they couldn't because of cameras and, and one thing or another. And, oh, it was a it was a palaver. But that stuff happens. That's what happens on mm. live. Um, so the Friday, as I say, is for that, all of that. And then you go, and then also for fittings and costumes and one mm. thing or another. And then Saturday's a show. So it is, once you start, it is relentless. You're smiling as you talk about these disasters. But I love it. Well, this oh, is, do I love you miss it? it? Yeah, or, I do or are miss you, like, that. laughing because do you don't have to do that. it anymore? Well, I do miss it a bit because well, I do, both. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of laughing because I don't have to do it anymore and go, <laughs> I remember that happened to me once. It's always a disaster. So you sort of, it's sort of like gallows humour, really. But um, but I sort of, I miss a, it a little bit, really, because there's nothing like putting on a show. Mm. And every week you're putting on a show. It's your own show. It's mm. like I'm standing on the Palladium or something and I'm doing a show. And for that minute and a half, I'm putting on a show with, with sets and costumes and sort of narrative and the song that I've chosen, and it's all uh, it's all into a minute and a half of a mm. number. Mm. And that's the joy of Strictly Come Dancing now as opposed to what it used to be like, where it was quite generic. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the floor, Leslie Garrett and her partner Anton Debet dancing the waltz. So we'd walk onto the floor, take a bow, take hold and dance the waltz. And the music would end and we'd stop and we'd get a mark. So it was quite generic. It was literally proper ballroom and Latin mm. American dancing. Yeah. Now it's become, you know, what I call numbers, Hmm. Uh, that are ballroom and Latin American and sort of other forms of dance, but you know, a bit musical theatre as well in there as well, and contemporary numbers and stuff. But um, they're all you know concepts and uh, it's very stylized, isn't it? It's stylized stuff, which is I think props. I think is a blessing because if you've got somebody who can't dance that well you can use all of that to your advantage. And if you've got somebody who can dance marvellously, you can use that to even more enhance mm. the performance. So I think that is that is the, one of the biggest moves forward that the show has done, in amongst mm. all the technical stuff like the AR, augmented yeah. reality. You see that at home on the screen, the wonderful uh, lighting and the brilliant projections in the room and across the floor and stuff. Those things are just magical. Because you can do some, just the imagination when you're thinking of a number and trying to create a number, the, the, the all these tools that you have available, brilliant. I don't think I can go any further without talking about your performance in the launch show, which went down remarkably well. Well, I don't like to brag, but um, <laughs> I... Uh, it was there you know, were fire it was emojis, fire emojis, all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> that was my wife. Um, it was a wonderful number, I have to say. Yeah, and I was delighted because they say they've said in the past, uh, "Oh, the judges, uh, we're well, judges are going to do a little bit of a number, a bit of a dance." Mm. And it, I mean, I did it about two years ago. We did something, didn't we? And it was like four bars, and I walked on with 
with one of the pros in a sort of a, we did about four steps and stopped. And then 15 pros came in front of me and I sort of just literally walked off to the side of the room and down the side of the room. I mean, it was nothing. And I, yeah. I was so disappointed because it was a waste, you know. And when they said this year that they were going to put together a, a, um, a professional mm. judge's number, I hoped it would be a, th a thing. You know, I hoped it would be like a number Did you number. Ask? I said, can we do something? You know, That's after a, they yeah. said, we're going to do a number, I said, well, can we do something? Yeah. Because I, I think it would be nice. Um, and the other judges are like, ever. must we? Yeah, well, the others were going, honestly, we're fine. And I'm going, please, let's do it. Because I, 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 the advantage I have over the other judges, of course, is that I'm still mm. performing, you know, dancing on stage and doing shows and um, doing a lot of it. So when I'm not doing Strictly, I'm on tour a lot of the time, doing shows either with Giovanni or on my own, mm. but lots of dancing, lots of singing, lots of performing. So although Craig's on tour doing a lot, he's playing parts. Mm. So he might play Miss Hannigan in Annie or something. So he's playing parts. Uh, Shirley and Motsi, I know they do a lot of teaching. Mm. Uh, and I know Motsi's busy and Jerry doing other bits of telly and stuff. So it's much sort of less. Um, but I thought they were, everyone looked magnificent. Was there a sort of healthy level of competition beforehand? Do you know, I don't think so, no. We were just trying not to mess it up. You know, because the thing, if you don't do it a lot, the first, first thing that goes is is the memory. You can't remember the blooming thing. So um, you can sort of still do it, but you can't remember what's coming next. So it was, I think everybody rehearsed and practised uh, a lot because they all wanted to be good. They wanted to yeah, do yeah. nothing worse than... Who's the, the most competitive? I know Shirley's competitive with herself. She just mm. wants... You know, as you know, I say that, but we all are. We're all yeah. massively competitive with ourselves. We're not competitive against each other because we're dancing against each other. But it is a, um, we're all competitive with ourselves. We want mm. to be as good as we can be because mm. you don't want that, you know, you don't look yeah. at it afterwards and go, wish I hadn't done that. Mm. And and I think we're all sort of, I think we're all quite pleased with the way it came out. It was and brilliant. It was, it was well amazing. received. But the number was great. Mm. It was a lovely, and it was lovely to be in amongst all the pros and um, being with them again and mm. performing and dancing and stuff. So I have to say, I loved it. What say did you have in what your segment looked like? Because they would have very, no, they had a very different feel, didn't no, they? No, nothing. Yeah, nothing. I had no say at all. So you had no say in the fact no. that they gave you the role with the most they, sex appeal. Well, I thought I brought that myself. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's, that's um, all it must have been. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Well, no, it wasn't really. But it was. Um, it no. They said, "Learn this." Fine. Great. Happy all right, days. I will. But I was thrilled. We did more than just walking around. Yeah. I didn't want to do a character part. You mm. know, I wanted to do a. I wanted to do it. You know, do, yeah, do yeah. a thing, and it was and it was great. And I'm. I'm it was a great number. Really, really good. I thought it came across really well. Mm. And it's so like when you come back to the judging panel now, because it's been the same for a couple of years, is it just you slip back into it like that? Does everybody fall back into their... Yeah, rhythm? no, they they do. It is a, it is a well-grooved machine now. I mean, it is. it does work well. Everything complements each other. Everybody is... Um, understands. You know, you have to understand that the, the thing about partnership and... Um, collaborations you have to understand the nuance of somebody else so it's it's, it's as important to listen as it is to speak mm. as a judge um so i'm 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 listening to what everybody else is saying i'm understanding the nuance of what's going on and um 
And so those things are really important and, and it helps the balance of the whole thing work properly. Because mm. Craig actually said recently, he gave some quotes saying that he might not be doing it forever and that at 60 maybe he'd say... Yeah, I hope he does it forever. I think he's an integral part of the show. Mm. An integral part of the judging panel and an integral part of the show. But would that worry you of what would happen if he decided to say no more thanks? Because it is such a beautiful balance yeah. at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't given it any thought. Mm. It, would it worry me? I don't know. But I'd be massively disappointed if he decided to hang up his boots. Mm. I think he's such an important part of the judging panel, in mm. actual fact. Yeah. And, um, and he's an important part of the show. I think he adds so much. Yeah, I think it. I think it is important. I mean, he can get away with saying one word. Mm. I can't get away with saying one word. I can't physically say one word. That's the big problem. <laughs> You've got the opposite um, problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, he can get away with saying one word, and that's that's an innate skill. Mm. You have to you have to have a certain presence to be able to do that. I think uh, with a judging panel as well, it'd be. It's very hard to imagine how you'd replace any of you because it's that sort of synergy, isn't it? Yes. Because we obviously had Shirley as well sort of suggesting last year that she might not, you know, because she had such a hard time with the trolling. Right. And thankfully she did obviously decide to come back. Um, well, I would, you know, as I say, I'd be disappointed if any of them wanted it, knocked it on the head because, mm. I, and I think the show, it's important for the show to have that set level of consistency and for the audience because they, you, I always think you need a certain amount of, sort of um, familiarity or, or mm. sort of grounding, if you like, to a foundation to something. And and there are certain aspects of the show that I don't believe can be changed. I mean, something as simple as the theme music, you know. You need oh, yeah. those, that, that uh, you need that moment where everyone sits down and goes, ah, oh, excellent. This is where we are. Yeah. And then you can do subtle changes. Because if you look at the show from the beginning to where it is now, it's extraordinarily different, but mm. somehow the same. Mm. But you couldn't have made that leap in two years. It takes 20 years. So mm. all the technical stuff that we have, as we said before, the augmented reality, the, the projections, the lighting, the costumes, the dances, the new dances, you know, like Couples Choice, for example, we mm -hmm. get some contemporary and commercial numbers in that. Brilliant. You wouldn't want it all to be like that, but one week they go, here's a couple's choice, lovely javelin. Thank you very much. Well, that's the beauty of it, I think, because it's, yeah. all, it's got it's got the familiarity, but it's also different enough. Because yeah. if, it, if you don't change it, it then becomes repetitive and predictable. Potentially become, but I think that you have the advantage, of course, of, re of replacing the, the contestants. Of course, video. and that's what So that. you end up with a brand new show immediately anyway. So if you had brought back the same, I think once in America, this is interesting. I think once I was talking to Len about this years ago, dear old Len, mm. um, and they in America they did um, a special season of they brought back a load of winners and it was like a the best of the best sort like of a thing, an all stars thing. I never saw it, but this is what I heard. And uh, and one or two people who didn't win that people thought might have won, you know, some finalists that were favourites and stuff. Um, so, and it was a, a series based of all that, really. And apparently it was the worst series they've ever had. In a, really? A, it, at that, up to that point, it was the worst one they'd ever had, sort of ratings-wise, because it was a bit boring, because everyone was good. We sort of knew everyone. Mm. Um, every week the judges went, that was great, well done, 10. It was a bit boring. Well, I think at the risk of sounding the 
cliche belt. It's the journey people want to well, see. Well, it is. That's the that's the magic of the show. And I mean, and we all go always oh, said the J word, but mm. fundamentally, that's it. That is what that's it is. That's what though. we're all following. That's isn't how it? Hamza wins. That's the, what's what we're following. We're following the journey. Mm. We're following the story of of the the couple, and that's the, that's the mo- that's the most important thing, really, for me. You mess around with that, and I think you lose you lose the magic. Yeah. You mentioned Len there. Mm. How hard was it to get through that tribute in the launch show? Because it was really emotional to watch. It was. It was different when we were sitting there chatting. It was a shame because we we did, you know, we said two lines on the on the the VT. Yeah. But the, the you know, we sat down like this and we we and we had a chat about it for half an hour. Um I think we all did probably 20 minutes or so. And just spoke about Len and they asked us some questions about Len, fondest memories and all those sorts of things. And and it was it was hard really because you it for me it it I lost a, a pal of 40 years, hmm. you know, as well as a contemporary. Um and it's sad when you lose your friends. Yeah. It was heartbreaking when you said that you think of him every day and miss him every day. You do. You know, you say his name as though he's in the other room and you suddenly realise yeah. he's not here anymore. And that's difficult. You always get that moment. You go, I mean, you know, as as difficult as it is for all of us, it's going to be worse for Sue. Of course. You know. And you sort of hope that a tribute like that, which was really wonderful. Yeah. I'm I'm so emotional. Obviously, everyone's glad that it was done. Yeah. It was was a lovely thing. I think it was a lovely moment. I think it was a lovely thing. And it was... um, you know, I play. We played a lot of golf together. And we we spent a lot of time together, Len and I, over the years. And you know, I played golf the other day, and I was thinking about him there and stuff. And people ask me about him all the time, and mm-hmm. you know, and as I say, that thing you you mention Len's name, and then you, and and after you've said it, you suddenly realise, oh God, he's not here anymore. When was the last time you spoke to him? Gosh, I can't. I, I don't know. What are we in now? September. Um, when did he pass away? In the sp- spring. Gosh, I don't think I spoke to him this year. Actually, I uh, I, I I didn't speak to him this year. He was in America, wasn't he? Of course, yeah. Um, at the end of last year, so it would have been sort of last year, I suppose, about a year ago. I suppose mm. I spoke to him last. Yeah. Did we play golf? We might have played some golf, actually. Played in golf day. Somewhere. I guess that's the thing with people, isn't it? You don't you don't ever know it's going to be the last time, so it's not. It's just like any other time, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. It's just like any other time, mm. and it, it, it's it's sad. It mm. it is sad. It's so written through the fabric of the show as well. But that's a lovely thing. Say that again. He's so written through the fabric. Yeah, of the show. well, he is. Um, it's a funny thing about old Len. And Strictly Come Dancing, I always feel like Len was, he was one of the mums and the dads or the aunties and the uncles or whoever sitting on the sofas. He was the voice of, this sounds like such a cliche and I don't mean it like that at all, but he was sort of the voice of the people Mm. at home or the voice of the viewer is a better expression really. I always felt he he was the voice of... All the people watching the show nudging each other, going, "What's wrong with his? Why is his bum stuck out? What's wrong with that?" <laughs> Why and then Len goes, "Wow, your bum was stuck out." And everyone goes, "Yeah, I told you his bum was stuck out." And he he was he was magic, really. And I and I I because you have you know in the early series you had 
you had, bearing in mind, nobody knew anybody on the early mm, series yeah, of Strictly Come Dancing. So all we knew was Bruce. I'm not mm -hmm. even sure we, anybody really knew Tess in those days, did it? Yeah. Probably knew a little bit, but not, we knew Bruce. Yeah. That was it. And so you need stuff on a show like that that people can hang their hat on. Yeah. And, and Len was that man. He was, you know, you had Bruno there being all, all sort of effervescent and you had Craig being all sort of grumpy. Yeah. And, I mean, I think about Craig in the early days and, uh, uh, I mean, dreadful. The things he would say were dreadful. Are there any that stand out? No, I can't begin to. The embarrassment <laughs> to your, you and your family and all that. I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> Cutting. And... Um, I mean, it's a, he's softened, which is... A, he a has softened. Yeah. They, 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 more... They've no idea, these new contestants. They get yeah. away with... But um, and, and then Arlene, the only, you know, the only lady on the panel at the time, and she's fighting for her corner. And Len was... Len was, you know, he was one of the mums and dads on the sofa. He was... Is that something that you've tried to tap into? Because obviously no, he was a great really. inspiration to you. No, no, he was a great inspiration to me. But no, I've, I just do. His, he said to me, he, uh, which was the greatest piece of advice I've ever received. Really. He said, uh, be yourself and say what you see. And that's what he said to me when I got the job. The job, And he phoned me to congratulate me on, on getting the job. Um, and, that, and that's all I've ever tried to do, really. Mm. And that's the most important thing, really. Just be yourself. And um, as a judge, you've got to say what you see. Because he was he was brilliant at that. And it was, you know, it it was it was great because if you danced badly and it didn't go very well, mm. he was wonderful at not sort of labouring. It was we all knew it wasn't very good. Yeah. You don't have to come and bash yeah. me over head with a stick and say, Well, that was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, sign so now it was awful. Thanks. <laughs> Funnily enough, he's I was just in the told room me too. up the other end. He's <laughs> just told me how awful it was. So Len was wonderful at not sort of, you know <laughs> bashing you when you were down. He could see that it weren't didn't break, didn't go very well. And he would he would try and give you some sense of encouragement. So that was and I think everyone at home loved that about him as well. Who do you think you're closest to of the other judges? Ah, oh, well, no, I, I, I'm di different with all of them, really, because, I mean, we, we're all very close anyway as a group. Mm. And, um, but I've known them all for different amounts. I've known Shirley for the best part of 40 years, because, mm. like Lynn, because she's, she's sort of one of us. She comes from the, the sort of the old country. <laughs> I was very I from, think, the old, from the boring dancing business. I read an interview with her where she was talking about the trolling that she experienced last year, and she, yeah. I think she gave an anecdote um, where she said she was upset, and I don't think the cameras caught it, but you just passed her your handkerchief. Yes, and I thought that was really a lovely gesture. Yeah, well, she was getting a bit teary, and so, well, I passed her a handkerchief. What what does one do? One one or what one? Must be. Do you think um, with the trolling, do you think women get it worse potentially the female judges? <sighs> Yeah. I don't read anything mm. really. So I don't I don't I understand this is naive for me to I don't get it. I mm. do get it. I understand it. Of course I do. Uh and I've heard one or two things that people say about people mm. which are appalling. Which I think to myself, that's certainly someone like Shirley, which does it sit on a dance panel a, a dancing show and give her opinion about 
people's dancing. So, but I don't read it. So I, I know, you know, if you said to me, oh, did you see that what people have been saying about you? No, I didn't. And, you know, you, we talked a minute ago about the dance mm. on the launch show and um, people told me that, you, for example, yourself, you said it went well and I, and I sort of, and I, you know, I mess about, but yeah, wasn't I marvellous? It's all tongue in cheek, really. Mm. But, um, but I don't know what people have written about it because I didn't see. Now, if they've written nice things, they said it was great. I'm delighted and thank you very much. If they've written mm. terrible things, they said it was awful. I hated it or never dance again or whatever it is. I I would be upset by that. Even it though would... that they have probably that person has zero qualification to say yeah, that but, whatsoever. You know, but then you, you know, that classic thing of we somebody writes something nice, they're an expert. Somebody writes something not nice, and they're obviously an idiot. Mm. How, that, yeah, how, what's yeah. that? That's, that's okay. you know, we, so should you not accept both equally? No, that's Is a fair somebody point. once wrote, you know, um, praise and criticism are the, would you, you treat them both the same? I can't remember, you take them both the same. It makes sense. However, but I would, I would tentatively but, suggest that someone on Twitter who's well, watching I, the show may not have your level of dance critique. No, probably not. But I don't, I don't read any of it. So to me, I don't. Right. No, anyway. So in my in my head, uh, I think I'm the most wonderful and uh, most loved person in the world. I don't need to know the truth. <laughs> this it swims around in my head. I'm delighted with it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> my wife and children will tell me the truth. That's enough for me. Um, but so my advice to all of that is don't don't read it. Mm-hmm. Is it unrealistic? Probably. But I know it by reading it is not going to improve your life any. Mm. So it's a bit of a sinkhole, isn't it? I think it sort of sucks people into a bit of a yeah, negative spiral. Yeah, and it's an unfortunate part of society, and and it's something I wish didn't happen. So, but I don't. You know, we have a we have these platforms for good, and and sometimes out of it come evil. So mm. it's a shame, but you have to find a way of navigating it that works for you. And that's that's what I do. Mm. And that's the only thing I think you can do with it, really. You have to navigate all this stuff that works best for you. Firstly, know yourself. How would Some people go, oh, it doesn't bother me. I just read it all and I laugh at it. And I go, great, what a way, lovely way to be. If if that's not you, then don't read it. I, that's not me. But mm. what I do know is I know me. Mm. I know how I'm going to react. So if I'm in, in the theatre, let's say I'm at the Palladium, I keep talking about the Palladium, because um, I'm going there too. Do, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's tremendous. And if I've got 2,000 people in a room and I'm performing and everyone's having a lovely time, apart from one person in row two who hasn't smiled yet, I, I'm fixated by this person. I can't get them out of my head. And it and it's ridiculous because that could be their happy face, for all I know. I'm worried. I, I have a very serious resting yeah. face, so I feel for this person yeah, well, personally. I, do you know, I, I, they might be having a marvellous time. Yeah, they might be. So, but I, I, you have to... You have to sort of not let stuff like that travel you. So you, well, no, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say you have to know yourself. Mm. So know how you're going to react to something and then uh, then react accordingly. Was there a point that you worked that out? Years ago. Yeah, yeah. Know yourself. I think you've got to know that in life, really. Uh, for me, that's a that's a big, a big thing. Mm. Otherwise, you can't get the best out of your, yourself. Mm. 
and it's a much yeah i take it from a sort of uh, a, a a sort of performing competitive sort of perspective in whatever one does in life there is a a, a way that for example you i don't know you personally but if we were dancing together it would be my job in order to get the best out of you to find out the way you work best so you know we would you know we'd spend some time in the studio we'd start doing stuff and over a period of a short period of time i would sort of work you out now it sounds a bit weird but it's not really i'm just trying to understand you and then what happens is i sort of start to uh put together the the day the rehearsal our time together in a way that works for you best so i so for example something stupid like we start rehearsing at nine o'clock in the morning nine till five and every day is a bit of a slow start um we don't really get going till about 11 o'clock and you, you know it's you come in and you're always a bit sort of harassed and a bit Grumpy. Haven't had the coffee yet. And well, see, then I realised that actual fact, you're better off at starting at eleven o'clock and finishing at seven, mm. because mornings for you aren't great. You hate travelling at rush hour. You need to. You you don't like to get up early. You like to eat breakfast and have coffee before you leave the house. And then if you could do all that and then leave home about ten o'clock and get to the studio for eleven or wherever you live, uh, you'd be good to go at eleven. I know that already. Now I know this. So now I'm not starting at nine o'clock anymore because mm. every every day and after a period of time, I'd be going, come on, you, what's the matter with you? It's half past nine. You haven't really, and then we get a bit. Yeah. Of t- but this is just a nonsense because I can alleviate that situation immediately. Start at 11. You go, well, I'd much rather finish at seven o'clock than five. In actual fact, it's just easy for me to get home at set from seven o'clock. Yeah, fine. Let's do that. So it's, it's my job. And that's just a little thing. But... I know what you're like before and after lunch, whether mm. you want lunch, whether you uh, a big lunch, small but lunch. But it it's a relationship, isn't it? Because you yeah. spend the, that amount of time. You spend yeah. more time with your partner than you do with your actual partner, right, during that time? During that time, yeah. I'm with you yeah. in the studio for about eight or ten hours, potentially, if you've got nothing else to do. I do think I'd be one of the people that you'd need to keep in the air, genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite thing in the world. Fly them in, <laughs> keep them up, off the floor. That would, be, that would be me. Um, but that would. But that's part of a relationship. That's part yeah. of a partnership, and that's part of a uh, working to your strengths, getting the best out of you. Hmm. Uh, and that's my job, you know. As, but I, I'll do that with me, hmm. and I'll be honest with myself, and brutally honest, and know if if I was trying my best or not trying my best, or. Can I do that? Can I not do that? I find it quite hard to imagine you not trying your best. No, but I, I always try my best because I always make myself try my best because I, I, I'm sort of, I can't not. It makes me feel a bit sick if I don't. And I know if I've prepared well. I know if I'm staying in the wings going, you've not worked for this. Well, you haven't yeah. worked this out properly. You're going to busk this. Mm. Sometimes that's all right. Sometimes you can get away with it if you're doing something. But if you're doing something new. And, you know, for example, I'll do pantomime. Let's say I'll do pantomime, right? I don't want to be that guy who's standing in the studio on day one of rehearsals not knowing his lines. Mm. So I'll get my script early and I'll learn it all. I'll be mm. off, off book, as they call it. Now, for two reasons. One, because it's my responsibility to do that to the other performers. And two, I know that I'll be better in the studio 
if I do know it. Hmm. So I might turn up and I sort of half know it. And I'll be in the studio going, I only half know this. I'm sort of going to try and bust this. What a load of old rubbish. It's kind of, it's about, Just it's coming it. back to the knowing yourself thing though, isn't it? Because yeah. if you, some people are very good off the cuff. Some people, the, the kind yeah, of fear people say makes they, them very People good. say they are, but I haven't met any of them. It's a fair point. Yeah. They say they point. are. I know a lot of people that say that. No, I'm be- I love stress. I eat stress <laughs> for breakfast. That, what's what? No, no, no. No, you don't. That's a load of crap. You're going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, this is nonsense. I love that. I love all of that stuff because I've heard it all. I've heard all of that stuff. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I work better when I'm... No, you don't. Because I've seen people who have prepared and I've seen people who haven't prepared and the people who have prepared are invariably better. Have you ever had a partner that's that, like that on Strictly? Like somebody who's a bit like, oh, it'll be fine on the night. And you're like, it won't. Yeah, it won't. yeah, and I'll give them one week of that. Right. We're going to name names? What I do, no, no, because they're all a bit like that until they get in front of an audience. What I do is I get, I get people like, yeah, no, I'll be fine on that. Okay, okay, fine. And what I do is I go out into the, into the wherever we are, public space, into the reception something, hmm. and I'll drag 15 people in. Come in the room. Stand at the end of the room. Right, let's do this number in front of an audience. <gasps> they just <laughs> basically die a thousand deaths. And you go, there you it go. feels mean to laugh, but it is funny. But then, but that's it. You, yeah. you, then you go, there you go. That's what it's going to be that's like. That's how good you're going to be. But about a thousand times worse. Yeah. Because one, you'll have 10 million people at home watching. You'll have hundreds of people in the studio and you'll have the four judges. And you'll get <laughs> one go. And it will be, you'll have watched 15 other people dance brilliantly in your own mind. And oh. now you've got to go out and do it. No, there is nothing like preparing properly. <laughs> no one's going to... Busk that. I'm going to walk out. No, it's all right. I sort of know the song. Be all right. I'm going to walk out onto the Palladium and I'll sort of pick it up as I go along. Really? Mm. Walk out onto the Palladium in front of two and a half thousand people with an orchestra in front of you, everyone cheering, and then go, go on then. Sing that song you don't really know. Good luck with that. (laughs) Sing that song you haven't really prepared properly. The one you're a bit dodgy in the middle. Yeah, yeah. That high note you can't really hit because you haven't really warmed up. Try it now. Yeah, when you put it like this, it's quite a good plan. It's, it's, a sort of, it's what I mean, you see. I hear all this stuff and it's such a load of old nonsense. Because yeah. it, it's, it's a much... And also, somebody once said to me, you've got to rehearse 100% and perform at 80%. The hardest job should be the rehearsal. That's the biggest performance. In rehearsal, mm. you, must, you must rehearse three spins when you're only ever going to do two. Mm. Don't rehearse one spin and then can't do two. That's underprepared. Well, I guess that's what enables people to go out and then actually have a shot at enjoying it. Yeah, because once you know it, once you've rehearsed it and you know it, when you walk out there, you can enjoy it. My teacher said to me, "Don't enjoy it. Concentrate." <laughs> um, see, my mind will go. See, there you are. Know yourself. Yeah. I know if I'm enjoying it, I'm not going to remember my own name. I'm going to be because I'm <laughs> going to be enjoying it. I'm going, "Hi, how are you down in the front row? Lovely to see you. What's this song again? Oh yes, I remember that. And I've got nothing." You've got to concentrate, but you've got to prepare. If you prepare well, and you, you know, if you do, just do it well for you. Mm. Know, know yourself. I mean, we're talking about mm. that, really. Just know yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm That's always hard. late. I'm always late. Well, why are you always late? Because you leave it too long to, to leave the house. Or whatever. Just silly little things. Yeah. Just give it a bit more time. It just, everything is sort of, you know, you just in, in, induce sort of tension and stress and, for all no those reason. frustration, all that, it's all sort of nonsense, really. So anyway, yeah. I don't know what, we're sort of rambling on now about know yourself, but I'll give you some terrible examples of what I'm talking about, really. But 
for I think we were just talking about how do you react to yeah. criticism and stuff like that. You, yeah. the, the, from, if you know how you react to stuff and how y- you are in mm. yourself and be genuine about it, mm. um, then you can navigate stuff more clearly. I think yeah. that's a very simple yeah. ex- uh, expression, right? When you talk about um, when you were pairing with celebrities, mm. what you say a lot is it, it's not about me. It's, it's not about, about them. It's yeah. about them. But obviously you recently went on Life Stories and, and you did something that was much more about you. Yes. How was that for you? How did you find it? Well, do you know, it was one of those, really. We sort of started chatting and we chatted. A bit like this, really. You just sort of chat, don't you? And, and you chat about stuff. That was it, really. Did you find it kind of... Um, Exhausting. Light- yeah, yes. Three hours. A bit like yeah. a therapy session. No, not really. No, I don't, no not at all. No. I mean, it's all, everything we do, I mean, it's like we're coming here and chatting, you and I together. Mm-hmm. Now, we've met in the past, uh, we've chatted before on, on a number of occasions, have, yeah. and I like chatting to you. Likewise. You're, you're lovely chatting to you. So, thank you. You know, you chat, but the, every conversation we have is all sort of motivated and, and governed by the questions you ask. Yeah. So, um, um, this it, is not sort of like a monologue. I'm not going to say to you, listen to me. I'm going to, I've got, I've yeah. got something I'm I'd like to tell you. I'm going to everything. Yeah. So it, it all starts with a question, and and then the the conversation goes from there, really. Mm. So that's what happened on that evening. Really, we started off with a question and we went from there. No, it just felt like I I, I sort of went, oh, here we go, <laughs> because I, I it's not. I knew what it wasn't was going to be a one question. Yeah answered it, it was suddenly going to be coming into a bigger conversation mm-hmm. uh which i didn't really want to have because i i i i don't think it's that interesting uh i wanted to talk about me in a showbiz sense <laughs> Look how fabulous as all is because i love it yeah. because i love what i do i'm very lucky i'm i i've got the best job in the world and i and i absolutely love what i do i love performing i love showbiz if you like uh but i love the craft of it i love the art of it i love the the connection one has with an audience um i i love performing but you know in front of an audience on stage or in television studios and doing what we do i really love all that and i and i i loved being a a a top competitive dancer i love the lessons I loved the practice. Uh, I enjoyed competing. I hated doing badly. I hated um, dancing badly. That's the thing that would upset me more than anything else. Results and neither here nor there. But bad dancing was the thing that upset me more than anything else because that's all part of the use the journey word again. All part of the journey. It it is going to be awful, and it's also going to be great. And that's all part of it. It's how you navigate that and and how it challenges you um, to want to be better at it. And, you know, whether I'm dancing on stage or dancing in the studio or performing. So, yeah. uh, you know, it. but I, I love, I love the, I used to call it a road. I love the road I was on. I love that long, I used to think of it as a Roman road, mm. a perfectly built, road with 
carnage to the left of me, carnage to the right <laughs> of me, but I was going to trudge along and plough along this road, um, trying to be the best I could be at what I was doing. And that's that was always how I envisaged it, you know. It takes an extraordinary level of determination to keep. Yeah, but what else was there? That. My attitude was what else was there? Mm. It was... Others get distracted by the chaos on yeah, the side. Yeah, but people, to me it was People all, are different, aren't they? To me it was all, yeah, exactly. Everyone, know thyself, really. You there know. we go. The mantra, we've got it. Yeah, well, it is, <laughs> but I think it's an important thing because I... I used to see people I used to see people come over from other countries to the UK which was sort of the the hub of ballroom and Latin American dancing mm -hmm. um where all the great teachers were it's, it's all global now but back in the day and people would come from far off from you know Australia and New Zealand and Japan and all sorts of places uh travel great distances I mean they weren't coming from sort of France or something well, that's far enough, but great distances and coming to the UK to have lessons, practice, do competitions in the UK or around Europe or wherever it was, but fundamentally to learn the art and the craft and to plough on. And they, they would sort of just come over mm. and sort of not do it, have a few lessons, wander around, being all sort of enjoying the sort of ambiance of the whole thing, but not really putting any work in. Mm. And I never understood that. I used to think it was a, what a waste of time and life and money. Mm. I couldn't get that at all. Because I had, we had no money growing up. So everything for me was, you know, it was... It, it, it was also it was also quite dramatic as well because I was I was you know yeah I mean I always I was always down to be last pound mm. all the time so everything was massively important in my life time was massively important because I came to it late I had no money so that was massively important and I started off at a low level I always felt like I was competing against all these people who were already established and great and so I was struggling to get up there and beat them and so everything was but that was the way I I was you know mm. but I've always felt like that even in, since we've come into this sort of side of the business you're always trying to move forward with it and be better and work harder at it do you and think some of that comes from your mum because she obviously worked so hard yeah she uh, probably actually yeah I mean, she was always the benchmark and always sort of my role model mm. my mum because she came over from Spain and she had two jobs and you know and end up buying her own council house and all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you are inspired by certain things. And Is she better now? Because I think she wasn't very well she, when you did well, Love Stories. Well, you know, she, she was, she's on the mend, but she's still glad struggling a bit with it all. You know? Oh, well, I hope she, hope she improves. Thank you very much. Um, so... But that was, that was me. So really, you know, when I did that, when I did that show with Kate... That was that was all I was talking about, really. Hmm. Did you get a different reaction from people to it to what you expected? Because it is a different side of you that we've not seen before, of course. Yeah, well, yes, I suppose I didn't give it too much thought, really. It was I had some lovely messages, mm -hmm. and I know based on my story, people said 
it was lovely for them to hear, which is great. Yeah. Which is, um, I suppose, one of the things you'd want to come out of it. Anything like that, you want to come out with a positive, of course. Um, not so much positive story, but a positive reaction for somebody else. Because yeah. it, I, I'm sort of okay, so I, I don't want everybody to worry about me, but I want them to worry about themselves and understand maybe that yeah. it, it can be okay. You know, you can, it's fine. You can yeah. let that go, leave it behind and move on with the rest of your life mm. and and not let it. It doesn't have to influence you, define you. But that was because you said that on the show, I think, and, and that was what I felt was a really important point for you. In fact, I'd be disappointed if it did. Yeah. Because it'd be a waste of your life. Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. You must make of it what you want it to be. It's also a sort of, I think if you... Don't let some, don't somebody let somebody else dictate. I know it's difficult because, you know, we're all dictated by greater powers, government or whatever it is. But yeah. fundamentally, in your own sort of little thing, you must allow yourself to decide, mm. not somebody else to decide for you. Because it's a kind of power, isn't it? If you let, if you let what someone else has done dictate how you behave, you're, you're actually giving them that kind of... I think... I'm, I used to, I worked for someone once and I absolutely hated him, but I wouldn't quit the job because I didn't want him to have that power. Yeah. He'd made me change something yeah. that I wanted. And then you could argue uh, that was sort of ludicrous because you went into work unhappy every day. It did end eventually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and invariably it was going to. Yeah, So exactly. all you have to do is just decide how you're going to do that on your terms. Yeah, you sort of walk better. in one day with the pleasure of going. I'm not working for you anymore because you're an ass. Thank you and goodbye. And then you walk out. So and then you go right. Let's do something I like. We should have had this conversation at the time. Yeah, but probably. But then, but then because but because what happens is we we're so disarmed by everything, yeah. aren't we? We're we so are, yeah. unempowered. We have to. We, all, as I said at the time, all you can do is you must. You must try and do what you want to do. It makes you happy. So I said at the end of the show, and I, I don't know if they used it or not. Yeah. You can do whatever you want to do in life. Be whatever you want to be. You want to, you want to dance at the Royal Ballet? Go and dance at the Royal Ballet. Go and knock on a door. Bang on a door. Don't cost you anything. Say to the person there, I'd like to dance at the Royal Ballet. What do I have to do? And they'll go, well, and the first thing you have to do is take some ballet lessons. And over the road there is a ballet school. If you start there, yeah. and we'll probably see you in a few years. You go, fine, I'm on my own. You want to play for Manchester United? Go and play for Manchester United. Mm -hmm. Go back. Don't wait for somebody to come up to you and say, would you like to play for Manchester United? Because <laughs> it and doesn't happen go, very often. Currently, probably not. But <laughs> ultimately, probably, yeah. go and bang on the door <laughs> and go, excuse me, I'd like to play for Manchester United, please. What do I have to do? They say, well, the first thing you need to do is get yourself a pair of football boots. Yeah. And off you go. You can do whatever you want. Just go and try it. All that somebody's going to say is no. You're not going to get into trouble. Is this something you, you plan to kind of replicate with your own kids? Yeah. What are their ambitions? What do they want to be they're, when they're, they're six. older? <laughs> it changes on a daily basis. Changes then. on a daily basis. <laughs> George wanted to be a ninja the other day. That's a great ambition. Yeah, Ninjago. I still want to be a ninja. <laughs> there you go. My, uh, Rara wants to be a mermaid. So I think both of those also, things are possible. deeply achievable. Yeah, why not? Go for it. Knock on a door and find out what you've got to be. What do I have to do to do this? But that, that's the joy. See, the world is your oyster. I don't know. I'm, I know this is a massive generalisation. I don't make. I don't want to 
and I know it's difficult and you know people come from different backgrounds and different situations and stuff and it, and it you know it's hard and stuff but you know try try and do the things that make you happy mm. I think how would you feel if the kids wanted to go into dance would you fine. feel good about that yeah no fine Let's do it if that's what you want to do do you must do what you want to do mm. and then you must try and do it to the best of your ability and <laughs> do it as well as you can don't waste time and don't waste opportunity and don't waste talent that makes me sad mm. just and if you know it it's it's a shame if you do something not properly do you know mm-hmm. what i mean if you want to you don't have to be good mm-hmm. you just have to try your best we're not that was, we're not all good at everything but we just got to try our best and that's that's the key that's what i instill in my children try everything mm-hmm. first of all don't don't say oh no i don't want to do that well i don't even try it yet Try yeah. first, and then you can decide. So try everything, and try your best at everything, and then and then you and then you'll fall into something. Could be something random, but that's that's life, isn't it? That's how it should be. Exactly. Opportunity is the best thing. Do you think having kids change your perspective? optimism is the best thing? Optimism. I love optimism. I love energy. I love optimism. I love enthusiasm. Mm. You get that from from young young people. They have great enthusiasm for stuff. I love those things. Are are the best things. And out of that comes magic. Do you think having kids changed your perspective on life or or did it sort of bring some things into sharp focus? Uh, just changed life, really, entirely, and it, as it should do, really. Yeah. I, I, I used to be... Uh, everything used to be about me and now it's all become about us. And it's lovely, you know, was it a hard transition? No. Some people find it really hard. Yes, I can imagine, but I, not for me. I, maybe I'll do it later, you see, mm-hmm. much later in life. Possibly, So it was yes. perfect, and I, I love it. I, I love it. I'd do it over and I'd do. I'd have a hundred children if I could. Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> Hannah's absolutely not interested at all in the hundred children. But, we, you know, it, 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 it's the most brilliant thing. I love it. Mm. No, it was. Uh, I remember um, watching your show with Giovanni and the big family party. Yeah, it was brilliant. such a lovely thing to see. It's such a lovely thing. I love it. Mm. I, I'm, and I'm thrilled I did it later in life. That is the most important thing for me is having done it later in life. I think if I did it earlier in my life, it might have been the wrong time. Mm. It's a life's a funny old thing, isn't it? It comes at certain times when you least expect it. What's the funniest thing they've said to you this week? Um... <laughs> Uh, My son told me the other day I couldn't come in the house until it was snowing. <laughs> He's three. Three. <laughs> I love that. Oh, what did they say? Something. Oh, I can't remember. There's always something. They come up with this extraordinary language, and I and I. It sounds. It sounds so sophisticated sometimes. I'm. I think who have you been speaking to to come up with that? That's always funny. I love that. Do they score your performance on judging? Because I remember they used to score you with dancing, didn't they? Yeah, they they did. I always got good marks from them. But they um they love it when I'm doing it. When I first died, when they first they got hard enough to see me on television, they couldn't quite comprehend it, and it just upset them slightly. <laughs> see, that's why I don't read uh, uh social media because it might upset other people as well. But um now they love it, mm. love it. 
uh, uh, the children have watched that opening dance of the, the judges' dance repeatedly already. What did they say? I love it. They just love it. They think it's great. That must be an extra nice moment. Oh, it's the most wonderful thing. <laughs> do they ever come down? To the studio? Yeah. No, too young. They're okay. not allowed. Actually, they do. Uh, w- there's one uh, dress rehearsal that, that, that the young children are allowed to come to mm. for children in need, I think. But um, they can't come to the show, no. You should do a memory box for them. Like, wasn't there um, on the launch show, I think, did Claudia and Ted yeah, do a memory box to, for uh, Angela's Angela. Yeah, Angela's lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take a leaf out of the book. Yeah, Might that's be a not good a bad idea. idea. Problem is, it would be a museum of me. <laughs> I'm going to give you a memory room, box room of in your me. House. Are you saying you Here's don't my new have novel. <laughs> Here's a picture of me, and that's a, a recording of the dance I did. <laughs> what? Well, speaking of the museum of you and all of these things, have you still? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I just remembered that like it was a serious thing. Um, what is on your bucket list still? Can't be much. Well, the Palladium's on my bucket list. And I'm doing that on the first, which I'm I'm so excited about. That's been something I've always wanted to do. So I'm looking forward to that enormously. Um, more of the same, please, really. Yeah. I'd like to continue to do more. I love performing on stage. I love doing uh, things on, on television. Uh, if, I tell you what, one thing I'd like to do on TV that I've never done uh, is a game show. Not a quiz show, but a game show. You're doing the full Brucey. Yeah, experience. but it, it was the best. So I'd like to do. I'd like to do one of those um, as a sort of a you know as a little thing. I'd like to do just for me. I'd like to be in a movie. Playing. I don't know James Bond. The next James Bond. <laughs> about that. No, I'm joking. But uh, well, I don't know. I'd love to do. Is going. Steph. Well, it is going. Um, <laughs> I think that shit might have passed. But um, <laughs> wouldn't it be fun? Because I'd love to. I'd, do you know why? Only because I'd be interested in in the process. Yeah. And uh, yeah, movie style. But I'd love to be involved in a movie so I could see it, or because it's such magic. Um, and just, I, and I'd love to try it. I'd love somebody to go, "Have a go at this," and I go, "All right, thank you very much." And I, but I, and, and I would try my best. That much can guarantee. There you go. That's all you can do. And I have lessons and everything. But that <laughs> I would, would give hundred percent in I'd rehearsal. I'd give it a literally work on it, hundred percent in rehearsal. Eighty percent perform. Just and then I could enjoy it a bit more. See, concentrate. Don't enjoy it. Concentrate. Oh, that's my. Well, there teacher. you go. Take note, BBC. Take note, Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Can you imagine it? <laughs> it just. Oh, I'd be unbearable. You never know. You never know. Well, I hope you wouldn't be unbearable. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd enjoy it enormously. Right. Well, thank you very much. It's been lovely speaking to thank you. Thank you, my love. I've enjoyed this. This so has been a lot I. of fun. I hope it wasn't too sort of boring and heavy. It's, Halfway through that, I thought, I wonder if this is interesting at all. No, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was really surprised when I saw the five-minute warning. Was there a five-minute warning? There was a five-minute warning. Was there? Yeah. Oh, right. (laughs) When? (laughs) 15 minutes ago. Two and a half hours ago. Two and a half hours ago. (laughs) No, it's all good. Thank you very much. Thank you, my love. Well done. That was great fun.